0: Welcome back to another episode of Investees. This week on the podcast, we are not going to talk about economics, we're not going to talk about the stock market, but we are still going to talk about money. Yesterday, I was reminded about a tweet thread that I wrote a year ago. Shout out to As When We Rose, who reposted this and tagged me. As I read it, I thought this would be such a great topic to amplify on the podcast. There is a hypothesis known as linguistic relativity or Sapir Wharf hypothesis. This is a concept that suggests the structure and content of language can influence the way people perceive and think about the world. Trust me, this relates to money. Just hear me out. There are two main forms of linguistic relativity, strong and weak. Now, this has been highly debated since it was first conceptualized in 1929. The strong version of linguistic relativity argues that language determines thought and that different languages fundamentally shape the way speakers perceive reality and think about the world. The view suggests that language limits, constrains our thoughts, and cognitive process. The weak version of linguistic relativity suggests that language influences but does not determine thought. According to this view, language plays a role in shaping our perceptions and thinking patterns, but it does not completely determine them. Some of the explorations that the hypothesis goes into is that if you learn a different language, then you have the ability to rewire your brain because the depth of your perspective expands with new concepts pertaining to the language and culture behind it. I'm gonna give you some examples of how I perceive this based on having Spanish as my second language. In Spanish, places and things are tied to the masculine and the feminine, right? El sol, la tierra, el libro, la persona. So for me, when I think about the sun, I think about the fire. I think about its ability to torch something. I think about the masculine. And when I think about the moon, I think about the feminine. I think about the softness, its magnetism and ability to literally move bodies of water. In English, we don't have that additional layer of context that gives an energetic feeling to what we are speaking about. And so the question is, for someone that only speaks English, does this change the way they are receiving information versus someone that may only speak Spanish or speaks a dual language? We do know from other studies that when you learn something new, your brain does rewire. This is a fact. It is called plasticity in the brain. New neurons and connections are developed. This is something that I talk a lot about in my courses. There's another example that strengthens this hypothesis with native Alaskans, specifically those that speak Yupik and Inuit. In order to survive, they have 50 words to describe snow and its characteristics. Depending on the type of snowfall, different actions are taken to protect their homes or their structures. If the snow is hard and frozen, they adjust their home accordingly. In case of soft snow with weight to it, they plow and take measures to protect those structures. These methods vary depending on the type of snow that is accumulating. And the only way to describe that is to have 50 different words for snow. And that makes perfect sense. Investees, are you looking for exclusive monthly content? Check out our Patreon. For a sliding scale price of $8 to $24, you'll get access to monthly stock market check-ins, in-depth economic outlooks, stock market support and office hours, quarterly earnings calls reviews, abundance mindset meetings, the ability to connect with community on our Discord server, live Discord chat hour, early access to events, courses, and merchandise, as well as exclusive discounts. You can check out more information over on patreon.com backslash in loose We Trust. And we're back. As soon as I heard about the hypothesis of linguistic relativity, I resonated with it deeply. And not because I speak a second language, but because I feel I speak a third language. And that's the stock market. It is a lingo all on its own. It is why there is a glossary at the very back of my book, giving definitions. In my courses, we have an entire section that is dedicated to explaining all of the terms that are related to the stock market. And each of these terms give you a perspective on how to react or how to be strategic given the outside circumstance. And understanding this language has really expanded my perspective on money. I am watching my continued education and dedication to the stock market really start to pay off. And I don't mean necessarily getting paid in money, which that does come with it, but I am watching it paying off in the way my brain is wired. The way my brain begins to problem solve and seek outside solutions, outside of my norm, is so beneficial, not just to me, but to everyone around me. In the same way that I benefit from someone that has an expansive way of looking at things from a different language, from a different perspective, it truly drives change and innovation. There's more than a million ways on how to generate money. And for most of us, the only way we know is to exchange our time for money. A lot of us don't understand the process of having one dollar multiply itself and create another dollar, which is by way of investing. And so if we don't understand that language, if we don't understand those terms and those definitions, then how do we expect to generate wealth, This theory made me reflect on all of the ways we express our scarcity mindset and our limiting beliefs. It starts to make sense to me why so many of us stay impoverished. It's the language that we know. The good news is that there's also a language of abundance and we can learn the language. It is accessible to us. And if learning a new language has the ability to rewire our brain and expand our experience with the potential of experiencing abundance, then why wouldn't we learn it? I read this quote from an unknown author. Making money is action. Keeping money is behavior. Growing money is knowledge. That quote really put into perspective how much is in our power. It makes sense that if we want to thrive when it comes to money, that we have at least 50 words to describe the action we can take to make this our lived experience. Pulling some words to describe money in different ways straight from the glossary of my book, Wealth Warrior, we have words like appreciation, bull, bear, capital gains, cash flow, interest, earnings, dividends, equity, earnings per share, revenue, top line, bottom line, earnings ratio, net income, realized gains, retained earnings, and of course my favorite, the stock market. Many times, knowledge is acquired through experience. But what I'm beginning to learn is that a lot of times, we cannot take action without knowledge. What I want you to take with you this week is that you can combat scarcity. You just have to submerge yourself into understanding the language of money and how money works. I am creating so many resources to make this knowledge accessible. If you're enjoying this podcast, head over to Apple Podcasts, rate, and review us. I'm your host, Linda Garcia. This is Investies, a Cosmic Standard and In Lose We Trust production. A special thank you to the team, Eliza Smith, Jacob Winnick, Asia Simpson, and Nina gensler Debs.